Potty training the little one. What parent hasn't uh, gone through that, right? I mean, that's one of those things I have to tell you, I absolutely dreaded. I was not looking forward to that at all. I had heard horror stories. I thought it was going to be difficult. Um, It just was not in my wheelhouse, as it were, (laughs) of things to do. But one tip I had gotten was to come up with a little reward system to try and reward as opposed to when something didn't go right, you know, being negative. So Positive reinforcement, right? Positive reinforcement. Don't go crazy, you know, if there's a little accident. So I thought I was going to adopt that. And we decided to go with the M&Ms. Classic, easy. One M&M, you know, she's little, just one M&M. If we, you know, make in the potty and we make it to the potty, (laughs) all of those things. And my daughter loved it. She loved it, I have to say. Until probably the fourth or fifth time, and I always let her pick an M&M, just plain M&Ms. Fourth or fifth time, I noticed she picked a red M&M. And that was the first time that she picked the red M&M. And every time she'd get her M&M and she'd put it in her mouth and she would just smile. She would be so, it's like, oh, this is so good, mommy. I get this M&M. So she, Melt in your mouth, right, not in your hand. Not in your hand. So she put the M&M in and I will never forget her looking up with that little, those eyes that lit up and the big smile on her face and a little bit of drool start coming out <laughs> the sides of her mouth. And it was like the red from the M&M. And as I looked at her, Almost instantaneously, it was the lips started swelling up and the eyes started watering and the water from the eyes started mixing in with the drool and it just, she turned into this little monster like in front and I just grabbed her. I'm like, what do I do? What do you do? What do I do? She had an allergic reaction and I was lucky it was by, I guess what you would call most allergic reactions, it was mild. And um, I But it's called, still frightening when yeah, you don't know what's going on. I called 911 and they asked a few questions and said, okay, she's okay. Take her to, you know, uh, urgent care. But it's not like she needs the shot right now. And I'm fortunate. I know there are parents that have had more serious things happen. But that was my introduction to allergies and children. Mommy! It's the mom cast. Really, mom? Mommy! Mom, you are listening. Momcast and Momcast. It is Momcast. I'm Stacy McKay, our producer Greg Hansberry, Hello. and a member of our mom squad, which I'm excited about. It was probably the first member I named, as I recall. Uh, yeah, we've because, been thinking about her for a while. Yeah, it was Aww. glaring that uh, you were our gluten-free mom yes. because you are. I, here's the thing, parents: if your kids have allergies. That's one thing. And then you on top of it or other family members, that to me is like a completely other. (laughs) I mean, that's like off the charts having to be careful. And I have to tell you, I don't know a lot about it. I've admitted that. But I know, Greg, you have a peanut allergy. Right. Davis, my five-year-old, has a peanut allergy. So you have that to deal with. Um, But I can't imagine, gluten-free mom, what goes on at your house. Well, you know, so gluten, gluten intolerance, gluten allergy, celiac, they kind of fall into different buckets because you could have a true 
allergy. You could have somebody that's allergic to wheat or or one of the family that has those severe like anaphylactic shock kind of allergic reactions that you need to have a shot for. Um, you can have people that have celiac disease. That's the bucket I fall into, which is an autoimmune disease. And your body attacks those things uh, when it enters uh, your system. Or you could just have some people have what they categorize as an intolerance. And they're just best off staying away from that because they just function it's better already. without it. Yeah. How it, that seeing that right there, I've kind of like, oh my gosh, I've glazed over because how do you how do you even begin to know the difference? How long does it take to figure that out? Um, it took it took me a couple of years. I was oh. in I was diagnosed as an adult, and uh, I didn't have symptoms until I was in my late thirties, early forties is when I started having issues, and they. Uh, uh, kept going into the ER. We first thought it was an appendix. There's a list of 150 different s- symptoms asso- associated with celiac disease. And you can have one or two. You can have many more than that. You can have none. I have a really good friend that was uh, diagnosed with celiac, and he was showing no symptoms. They found it at a random, like they had. he was having other issues, like with ulcers or something. They put a camera down, and they're like, Hey, dude, you need to stop eating gluten. Really? Yeah. So, so no symptoms. Wow. It, okay. It is. It's it's really a mess, which is why so many people have a hard time understanding it, you know, trying to figure it out. And, I, you know, all you can really do is try to be aware of as much, you know, as many of the possible symptoms mm-hmm. and be talking to your doctor. It took It took us a long time. I felt like they thought I was crazy. Because they would check everything and they're like, you're fine. I'm like, I'm not fine. I don't right. feel fine. Right. I, so I, I'm thinking about the difference between you and our producer, Greg, because with peanuts, I mean, and my daughter at school, I know her classroom is uh, tree nut, peanut free. You mm-hmm. can't have any of those. And we all know how to look at labels for that. That's one thing. And a lot of the labels now have gotten better, you know, that will tell you this is safe or no, this is not safe. So yeah, you just don't eat the peanuts or right. serve them or have them in the house. But that's gluten, one thing. Yeah. It's in everything. That to me, I don't, again, you have to talk to me like I'm uh, much younger because that to me, it's like, okay, I, is there anything you can eat? Well, okay. So let's start with what gluten is. What, what, what falls under the gluten category? So gluten is a protein that is found in the family of plants like wheat, barley, rye, there's triticale, which is uh, one that we don't see very often, but could be in one of your fancy multigrain cereals. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, and then you can start seeing things that could be cross-contaminated, like oats are not gluten, or do not have gluten. However, uh, they often are grown in fields with wheat, they'll like switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so you could end up having, inadvertently having wheat in that those. So unless they're certified that they're gluten-free, you're prob- if you're really sensitive, you're probably better off staying away from, from uh, oats. Things like corn are fine. Um, they're, you know, outside of those things, rice is fine. Uh, so you, there are grains 
that you can eat that are safe to eat. But knowing what falls under that wheat family mm-hmm. and being aware of, uh, of some of these things. The other thing is that you have to read labels with processed food because, uh, because it's a protein. Gluten makes things like chewy and gives it texture, might be a thickener, just like we use wheat flour for right. gravies and sauces and things like that to thicken uh, at like pizza places. They add extra gluten to the flour because that's what makes the pizza dough all stretchy and awesome Mm -hmm. and fabulous. So uh, you really have to be aware of labels when you're reading them to make sure that uh, what you have doesn't have those things. They're getting better at this and the labeling is getting better. When I first started eating gluten-free, it was really scary because, and you still have to be aware of some of these things, but knowing certain phrases or words... That if you if if you don't know where it came from, like you'll see uh, something uh, a lot in ice creams, creamy things that are uh, mono and diglycerides. Mm-hmm. If you don't see what it was derived from, assume it was from gluten and don't eat it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so like basic stuff. Let's just basic here. I mean, you think okay, breads. I think ice cream. I think, what about cheese? Cheese is fine. Cheese, cheese is, is made okay. from dairy. Now, you do have to be careful. With, again, this is where you start reading labels. There are some blue cheeses that are out there. There are some flavored things that you have to be very careful about. Mm-hmm. But if you're just talking about a block of cheddar, you're fine. Um, if you're talking about breads, unless you have a glute specifically made gluten-free bread, you can't. You're not going to be can't. able to eat. Um, I think alcohols. Uh, you know, wine is fine. Most distilled spirits are, are, you know, some, it depends on sensitivities. There are some that, some that people have to stay away from, uh, because they aren't distilled enough times, but they, with a lot of spirits, even if they're derived from wheat, oftentimes because they've been distilled so many times, they're probably not an issue. Beer is one that you should stay away from because, uh, barley is in most right. beers, and a lot of times you're using wheat in those beers as well. So there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of gluten free options, and then they're getting like tricky right now. They're starting to figure this out. There's some enzyme, I guess, is how it was explained to me, that they're using with real beer that goes and eats the gluten. So they're mm. they're starting to come up with real actual beers. That are gluten free because they've yeah. taken, they've removed the gluten from it. Leave it to the uh, alcohol industry to, <laughs> well, you know. to solve a, a major well, crisis I mean, priorities, in the country. Come on. Well, and yeah. you've yeah. seen the bottles of wine in my office, so clearly wine is fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem. Okay, here's the next part of that because you have kids that now do both kids have any type of allergy, or is it just you, or how do you? Cook, how do you eat? At We're your house? pretty lucky. Um, so I'm gluten free, and then my kids both have allergies to red and yellow artificial dye. Mm-hmm. So we have to watch for that. I know that's something we've talked about before because of, of uh, Livy having uh, those kinds of uh, issues as well. So, you know, again, what we find at our house is really trying to stay away from processed, processed foods food. and really trying to get back to. Whole foods. We cook most of our foods. Um, my kids eat regular bread. They eat regular pasta. If we're making a family meal and we're all going to have a big pot of spaghetti, they're going to eat gluten-free pasta and they probably won't even notice it. 
because I'm not going to cook two different pots right. of uh, pasta. Now, has it gotten better? Because I have to say, I have tasted some snacks that, that... are terrible. <laughs> okay, thank you. Because yeah. I was just going to say, oh my gosh, they're awful. They're yeah. awful. Has it? Is it getting better? It's getting or? a lot better. Okay. It's getting a lot better. Now, I, I will tell you, because of the fact that I've really, you know, I... I tried not to just substitute processed stuff for processed stuff. Right. So I don't eat a ton of it, but I am blown away when I go into a bakery and get like a gluten-free cupcake or some of the breads uh, that uh, are out there. We're gonna we've got a video up uh, for Thanksgiving that mm-hmm. we'll talk about. But uh, one of like one of my very favorite breads. I'll show you that brand and. And I was blown away by it the first time I made a sandwich because some of the gluten-free breads are like okay for uh, okay for toasting, but to just have like a soft bread, it was you couldn't I couldn't really find anything like that. And so they're starting to get pretty good at that. And then they've actually gotten really good in baking, in that you're using different substitute flours. You're using rice flours and tapioca, and like there's this whole world of of flowers and a lot of times it's a combination and you can buy those flower mixes or you can try making your own but they don't always have the same equivalence to just taking a couple of cups of wheat flour so if you're like trying to do your own recipes that's been kind of tricky um, they've gotten to the point now where they have like different flour blends all several different companies are making them that are ready to use cup for cup just like wheat, and they translate to your gluten recipes perfectly mm. so that you don't have to go try to figure so all that out. So it really is getting easier. It's getting a lot easier. It feels like, and we had discussed this earlier, more people are becoming, um, they're being affected by it. We're Some people think it's a fad this? almost. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, is it really increasing? Has it been there and we've never blamed all of these symptoms on this, you know, you'll see a lot of pundits speculate on this um, because there's all these different buckets. First of all, you don't, you know, it's how many people are doing it because they just feel better overall when they don't have gluten. Maybe they have an intolerance. Well, Sometimes, and, like like people who have a dairy intolerance, right. they might still eat ice cream, but they feel like heck afterward, and really, they're probably better off not doing that. There's people that kind of fall into that category with with gluten. Um, but and, it sounds like you're eating healthier. Anyway, just with the substitutes of Absolutely. vegetables and non non right. Uh, There's a lot of people who seem to think that gluten free right. is like a diet. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I just eat the gluten free cookie, I hate to tell you that probably the gluten free cookie has more sugar and more junk in it because <laughs> they had to work a little harder to make it taste better. Yeah, and try to make it taste more like a regular cookie. So it's probably not okay. Mm-hmm. But you're still cutting the processed stuff out, which is where. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people you. later are like you finding out. The they have celiacs and why? Why are we? You know, and and obviously I'm not a doctor. You know, there's there's lots of conspiracy theories right. out there about right. you know our food. I mean, because because the nut allergy issue is exactly the same. Right. Think about how You're many right. people we knew when we were kids that had nut allergies. Nobody. I, yeah. I didn't know anybody. Uh, you know, in my neighborhood, uh, the the house that we lived in before here, there were four people in our direct vicinity of our street that we knew of that had nut allergies. Which is just crazy to me that it is is gotten to that number. So I I, I think this thing the same is uh, true with gluten. Now is it because they've gotten better at diagnosing people? Probably. Probably. You wonder how many people lived with it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think there's probably a lot of processing techniques. Um, I read a fascinating book once where they were explaining back in, you know, the old days, you would go out and you would grow. First of all, they weren't, they weren't modifying wheat. They weren't doing right. all these things to right. it. Mm-hmm. But they also, just their practices, you know, before electricity and all of these things, they'd go out, they'd cut the wheat, they'd stack it in a pile, and they'd probably get to it and get it all bundled up within a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, it was sitting out in the field. It would probably rain, which means the wheat would probably sprout. And uh, when that happens, it starts to break down proteins. So it's breaking down the gluten proteins. Oh, wow. So, what so they naturally. were eating mm-hmm. then probably didn't have the same degree. Now, in 2017, they grow the wheat, they cut it, they come through. They got that stuff. They got all that stuff to the factory like that day. Right. So it's not getting any of those natural processes that might have made that a little bit easier to eat. Now, as a mom and, you know, you said cooking for your kids and all of that, it can be tricky. Um Overall, I mean, obviously, you know a lot about it now. Has it? How does it affect you as a mom with this going on with you too? Um, you know, the, the the things that are the the hardest or the scariest for me, the most difficult, aren't at home because we've got that down. It's going out to eat, mm-hmm. and more importantly, it's when my kids leave without me because if <laughs> I'm there, mm-hmm. I can really check. But we've had a couple of food color incidences. And my oldest is really good about it. He doesn't like the way he feels. So he's really careful and he asks a lot of questions. And even he had an issue about two weeks ago that he accidentally ingested some stuff that he thought he did all of his homework on that. So that's the scary sure. part is when you leave your, you you, cre- you spend a lot of time creating like your comfort zone of what foods you're bringing in and your work surfaces and making sure everything is clean. But when you go to restaurants or when you go to other people's homes or you go, uh, you know, some, there's food at work, that's when you sort of just take a leap of faith mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Well, in school, too, I think is I, I have friends that, you know, they get nervous and the schools are doing a great job, but it's still they're not at home. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if they need EpiPen, Greg, you guys need to do that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, we haven't even really had to think about that yet where, all right. Slumber parties, right, bring right. the EpiPen, make sure Mrs. Johnson knows how to use it. Yeah. Now, fortunately, I think the schools have gotten a lot better because, you know, you walk up to a lot of the classrooms and you'll see yeah. listed right. on the yep. door the allergies in that mm-hmm. classroom. And they mm-hmm. request that, you know, so we were always really aware, even with sending lunches, because my kids bring their own lunch most of the time. Oh, okay. So they, they, we don't have problems with what they're being served at school. Um, but we were always really careful and sensitive to what other classrooms. We had one year, my youngest, there was uh, there was gluten, food coloring, citrus, eggs. I mean, oh it was my. The, the lit, not nuts. The list was really long. And one of these little girls that my son had been friends with, I always questioned what she could eat because she couldn't eat dairy. She couldn't eat nuts and she couldn't have gluten. That takes a lot sure. off the table. I know. And I, I can tell you for the first two years, Liv was in kindergarten, first grade. I was a room parent and we would have little parties and it was nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, just to make sure everybody, because 
not only do you want the kids to be safe, but you want them to have something. Right. You know, when you have the party, you want to make sure there's something for everybody there. And it can be nerve wracking. And I think now we're kind of maneuvering those waters. But I remember when I put out the sheets for people to bring stuff. No, no. <laughs> I don't oh, want yeah. to. What if I bring the wrong thing? It's yeah. like, okay, well, then let's have stickers. <laughs> let's have, yeah. let's, let's have. have things that kids won't be eating because it's just a lot safer. I think the everybody. most important thing you can do with, with your son, Greg, with is making sure he understands as early as possible because they, when you get into those situations where mm-hmm. you're not there, they're going to need to be their own advocates and they need to understand what and they need to understand why. That's good. And I think for the parents too, like right now, um, you know, we did the teal pumpkin thing a couple of podcasts yeah. ago um, and I'm realizing that I'm a hypocrite and I don't, you know, as a parent, you have to be understanding of all of these allergies of because, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about the peanut thing, but um, I send the, you know, the kid to school with all these other things that someone else might be allergic to. So I think it's really just being aware of of the entire spectrum and and being sensitive to those kids and those parents who you know who are in the same boat as you who had that leap of faith sending their kids to school you know yeah. they're trusting in all of us a little bit here oh yeah so but it's, it's kind thankfully of, yeah. the, the schools have taken it really seriously the thing i think my husband and i cheered like year before last my uh our school they had been really heavy in rewarding in candy yeah Every time they did something, they were giving them pieces of candy. Well, nine times out of ten, those candies had food coloring. Right. And so we were having to supply bags of non-food coloring candy to all the classrooms. And they finally banned that from the school district. They decided they weren't going to reward with candy anymore. And we were just so happy. It was like, good. You know, give them a pencil. And, give them and, something and I was probably the dad who said, what the hell? Why, this, what is this world getting to? We right. can't give our kids candy anymore. <laughs> but now I'm as a young parent, I'm yeah. finally understanding and appreciating it. Yeah, knowing yeah. what the, the behind are, the scene reasons for that are. Right, yeah. and the kids are fine. Yeah, they, they, don't they don't need care. candy they for everything. Yeah. I mean, they really don't. You learn that pretty quickly. They're fine with any little treat. It doesn't have to be something that they eat. Right. So... Um, now, before we go, because I think this is great, I think it was important for um, moms in particular that might be going through something or have some symptoms, um, because I think a lot of us don't check, you know, what might be going on with you. You're worried more about the kids. So that's why I wanted to talk to you, because I know you're okay. all in on this. But I also want to say, um, we're going to, you mentioned the video, video up, just helping for Thanksgiving, because... <laughs> That's hosting, the next big yeah. one coming, and if you have to plan, it, maybe it isn't you, but maybe you have a family member coming or kids coming um, that need gluten-free or right. they're intolerant, you're going to help us out with that a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. Let me kind of show you some items that you might be able to, to use and just some tips and tricks to make this a little bit easier. I'm kind of a lazy woman when it comes to Thanksgiving. I don't want to make multiple dishes, so uh, <laughs> I'll give you some some ingredient swaps like gluten-free french fried onions and what kind of soup you should use if you're doing the green bean casserole and things like that. Awesome. That's perfect. So watch for that. And also I wanted to let you know, uh, if you have questions or just want to share things uh, with our gluten-free mom, Michelle, yes. um, you'd be happy to, Absolutely. to chat with them a little bit on Facebook and yep. social media. You can 
find us. We've got our own Facebook page. We're on social media. We're on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter. Um, you can find us pretty much everywhere. And I just think it's it's good to have somebody that knows, because if it were me, I would be completely lost. Well, and I will tell you, you know, you asked me earlier if it's gotten better. And it has. It's gotten so much better. But when I was first diagnosed, there wasn't as much information. It, there weren't as many products as there are now. There weren't as many restaurants that were really aware and attentive. Mm-hmm. Like, I, not it's it's my own personal opinion, but I have to put a quick plug. My very favorite place to eat in Columbus because of the how attentive they are to the gluten free is Marcella's. Really? You, the the idea that I would tell you I love going to an Italian restaurant for gluten-free is, right. is hilarious, considering that all of the things they make are things I shouldn't be able to eat. But, you know, a lot of restaurants will accommodate. You go in, you order pasta, and, you know, maybe they're making fresh pasta uh, for everybody else, but they give you some corn pasta, and that's about it. Uh, they have a small little gluten-free menu. Marcella's is making flatbreads. And, like, you sit down at the table, like the how I knew that I was one over. You know, they bring you bread. Mm-hmm. They found out I was gluten-free. And within a minute and a half, my, I had my own little freshly baked gluten-free loaf with my own little dipping oil bowl. Wow. They're phenomenal. See, so, that's incredible. Uh, but I didn't know this, a lot of this stuff, and I had to learn it. And so that's why I've really tried to be very vocal. And and yes, please, if, if you have questions, I'm happy to talk to you because I didn't have those people to talk to. So I'm always happy to help. Right. And I think that's it's very important. We can share information, let people know you're not out there alone, whatever the situation is on MomCast. We try to find a little help and uh, reinforcement for you. So thank you. Absolutely. And please check out the video because it'll be impressive. You can say, look to your family members. <laughs> I, uh, I took care of this. We're gluten free or these dishes are gluten-free. We have some foods for you, <laughs> and we prepared our other items Yay. in a manner and a way so that you don't have to worry about any contamination. Yeah. Thank you. And remember, you can review us on social media. We would love for you to review the show and let us know what you think. It just helps get the word out about MomCast. We'll be back next week. Have a great one.